Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about why acting like a teenager is making you miss out on all that your marriage can be. And journalist Nancy Gibbs had this to say about that teenage, those teenage years. And she said, most of us were probably less than immaculately honest as teenagers. It's practically encoded into adolescence that you savor your secrets, dress in disguise, carve out some space for experiments and accidents, and all the combustible lab work of becoming who you are. And it's really interesting that as we've been doing One Extraordinary Marriage now for over six years, Mm -hmm. that we see a lot of those same behaviors, those teenage behaviors. I'm going to be digging into that quite deeply on today's show. But before we get into the show material, we always start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And for those of you that are brand new to One Extraordinary Marriage, this is an opportunity for you to hear from folks in the One Extraordinary Marriage family about how the show has impacted them and the changes and transformation that they're experiencing. And this week's hug is brought to you by Minter and Richter Designs, and you can find them at MinterandRichterDesigns.com. And with wedding season coming up right around the corner, you know, those summer weddings are, the invitations are being sent out and all that fun stuff. Some of you might actually be thinking about custom wedding bands. There's actually a trend towards that now as people are really um, deciding they want to express their individuality in their rings. And Tony and I just recently did this earlier this year to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary as we're preparing to just celebrate the 20 years that we've been together. And we found Minter and Richter Designs and they... They're a company that is truly extraordinary. Yeah, they are. It's a husband and wife team, just like Tony and I, and everything they do, they do with excellence. From design to delivery, it's done with care and consideration and just really that extra special personal touch. So if you've been thinking about custom wedding bands, be it for your wedding or just to say, you know what, we want to do something special for the two of us, I encourage you to go to their website and just check it out. You're going to be so blown away by what you see. And again, it's minternrichterdesigns.com. And if you go there and you search One Extraordinary Marriage, you're going to see the set that Tony and I have. So this hug came to us via an email from a new listener. And she said, I wanted to let you know how much my husband and I love your podcast. You are very inspiring and such a positive influence. We are truly blessed that we found you and can give us the help we need and that you can give us the help that we need. We appreciate everything you do. Thank you. We bring the podcast up in our daily conversations. It's not uncommon for us to say, did you hear what Tony said about that? Or I agree with Elisa on that. We just found out about the podcast, so we have a lot of catching up to do. We really enjoy listening to you. She goes on to say, I recently discovered your podcast when I was looking for something to help me unwind. After hearing a podcast, instantly I got inspired. I wanted to change and refigure our life to include more us time, 
especially sexual intimacy that is not rushed. Mm. Amen. Yeah. My husband listened to a podcast and was hooked too. Immediately, we started discussing how to start adjusting our busy lives to work around us. Don't get me wrong. We love our babies with all our hearts, but we always put them first. Thank you for the help. Oh, you're welcome. I love that. I love a couple that's making this kind of choice in their lives to to love on their babies for sure, but to recognize that they need to strengthen their own marriage and to be stronger for those babies. Right. I think that's awesome. Welcome to the one family. Love you guys. And excited for each and every one of you who are joining us this week. New and, and longtime listeners, man, I just want to give a shout out to you guys and, and thank you for, you know, last month was a banner month for downloads and mm-hmm. in, in folks reach. And that is because of you, each and every one of you who go out there and, and share it, continue to listen. So thank you. You totally mean a ton to us. And we are truly, truly, truly just honored to have you part of the one family. It's such a blessing to have you share weekly shows when we get those emails and those messages that say, Oh, a friend told me about your show, or I just found the show through, you know, something I saw posted on Facebook. Um, we, so we just say thank you. Yeah. So that quote that Nancy Gibbs, uh, that I read about Nancy Gibbs and how she talks about teenagers, it really became clear to us over the last few weeks that she could easily be talking about a lot of married adults mm-hmm. that are out there today where these teenage behaviors are kind of creeping into, or maybe not so kind of creeping in, are implanted in a lot of marriages right now. And and so I want to just, you know, she mentioned three specific things, and I want to talk about those, and then I'm going to add a fourth one that I've seen a lot in coaching. Um, but the first one she said was savor your secrets. And this is really the isolating behavior that we start to do because we start living, living these secret lives, right? I mean, it's, it's all the time when we're watching, you know, social media, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram. Now, don't get me wrong. We love it when you guys are looking at one extraordinary marriage and getting inspiration for your marriage off of that on either Instagram or Facebook. But you know, we actually got an email just a couple of days ago from a newlywed husband who said that his wife brings her phone to bed and spends more time on that than on being intimate with him. She, she's creating this whole separate life away from him. And they're newlyweds. They got married less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. And so she's savoring these secrets, this isolating behavior where, you know, it's the time on social media. It's the time watching TV. I mean, March Madness is here. And, you know, don't get me wrong. We are, we are huge sports fans in the DiLorenzo family. Yeah. If, you, if you've listened long enough, you know we love our NFL. Or, well, we do. We, we love, love our NFL, NFL. But our college NCAA football. college football, we are huge fans here. And when it comes to March Madness, we can definitely get in there and, and watch for hours. The thing, though, with that is that we do it together. We do. Right? We actually enjoy just cheering on teams and things like that. So that is a together thing. If you're watching TV, if one of you is always watching TV in one room and one of you is always doing something else in the other room, that's a secret life, right? That's isolation. And that's really what that savor your secrets is all about. It's the isolating behavior. It's not spending time with your spouse, but choosing to spend time with other things or other people. Yeah. An example for for us in our lives was when... I was really going hardcore with my cycling and especially in my long distance cycling. I mean, you want to talk about isolating a beha- an isolating behavior. It wasn't uncommon for me to get on my bike on a Saturday morning and ride for six to eight hours 
and then turn around on a Sunday and go do another four or five hours. And then in the during the week, I would wake up at 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m., do an hour, hour and a half ride inside. During the summer months, I'd get out. Talk about an isolating behavior. Which seemingly looks okay, right? Because he's exercising. Right. Right. And that was what everybody said. Oh, Tony's in such great shape. I'm like, he doesn't spend any time with me. Well, it doesn't matter if he's in good shape. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he had isolated. He was leading that secret life, which I, on the surface, I knew about. Right. Like I knew what he was doing. Like, you know, when your spouse is on Instagram or Facebook, you know, when they're watching TV, you know, when they're doing these things, but they're not connecting. You're, you, the two of you are not connecting. The second thing that she mentioned in there was dress and disguise. And, you know, obviously teenagers have, you know, they're experimenting with clothes and hairstyles and all of this kind of stuff, like very physical outward appearance. Right. They're, they're, they're putting on, you know, the, the punk, the goth, the, the preppy, the jock. I mean, these are, and even for those of us who are older, like myself, who grew up in the eighties, I mean, we can remember those days in high school. And I do, you know, in particular, of wow, there were just those folks that you could just look through the quad and each of us had our own identity, right? our own disguise that we wore. And some of us would even, me included, we would change those through the years or even during the year, depending on where we were at. And because we were testing, I was testing, you know, mm-hmm. who is this person that is Tony at, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And how this translates into what's going on in marriage is that a lot of you are still dressing in disguise because of the masks that you're wearing in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And so these are the figurative disguises. It's not being completely honest with your spouse about your feelings. It's putting up walls. It's trying to be someone that you're not. It's thinking that you have to put on this persona of being perfect, that you have it all together, that maybe even though your marriage is crumbling, you're just going to act like you're not bothered by anything right? That, that you're just going to put on the, I'm happy with my marriage face. And many of us have been there. Oh yeah. Many of us have been there. How many of you have walked into a church or walked into your church hurting, hurting, just aching inside coming maybe from an argument at home with your wife or your kids or, or both of them Mm -hmm. or all three of them or all four (laughs) or five or six of them, however many kids you may have. And then just have walked into church telling everybody just to put on that happy face because I'll tell you, I can raise my hand. Oh, sure. I've been there, been there many a times. I've done that. Just placate. Hey, everything's great. How are you doing? Fine. Just get me through the next 45 minutes. Get me in, get me out. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's been interesting because over the last month or so, I keep hearing this refrain with my coaching clients when we first start working together. And so often one spouse will say to the other spouse, I had no idea it was so bad. I had no idea it was this Uh bad. And why doesn't one spouse know the other one is hurting so bad? Uh A lot of times it's because it takes a third party to translate the message because it's, it's falling on deaf ears. But more often, They don't know because it's like the email I got from a wife um, just a couple of days ago that said, I'm trying to hold it all together. And the weight of holding this all together and putting on essentially this pretty face, this mask, this disguise, Mm -hmm. she's like, it's crushing me, right? It's the weight. And it's a physical, when we wear masks, guys, when we try to be something we're not, when we're trying to be something that everybody else expects us to be, that is exhausting. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you will feel the weight of wearing a mask, even if it's a figurative mask. You know, the, the third thing that she mentions is carving out space for experiments and accidents. And, and this really, when you think about teenagers and you think about every teenage movie, there's always the risky behavior, right? There's the sneaking out late. There's the driving fast, driving without a license, driving with drunk people in the car. I mean, teenagers, it's like preparing for the show. I was reading all the stuff about teenage brains and just, and we have a teenager. So it's like double duty researching for the show, but it's scary, right? Because teenagers inherently take risks. And they carve out space for these experiments, right? With their lives, right? They're invincible. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, we're seeing the same things. And we've even participated in the same things as adults, right? Our experiments look different, but it's, it's the pornography addiction. It's the secret spending. It's the emotional or physical affairs. And why do I call those experiments and things like that? Because we don't think collectively. We don't think we're going to get caught with our experiments. We don't think that the risky behavior is actually going to cause us any harm. We're invincible. We think we can get away with everything and anything. Because unlike the teenager whose brain is just wired that way to, to, to the, it, it's crazy. Go and read teenage brains, like Google it. I mean, just the way their synapses and it's the gray matter to the white matter and how it's all kind of being reprogrammed during the teenage years they actually have like a neurological reason for why they do it. And isn't even on the boy side though, like their brain is constantly getting, um, yeah, the the hormones hormones are really flooded and, and, you know, boy brains develop. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So now fast forward 10, 15, 20 years, and we're seeing these same risky behaviors in adults. And the thing is we know better. We just think we're not going to get caught. Like we're past the risk taking because I'm invincible. We just think, you know what? Those rules don't apply to us. The rules about, you know, moral behavior, the rules about, you know, not doing what we're supposed to be doing. We justify it with so many different ways that our experiments are okay because we're the ones doing them. And the truth is your experimental risky behavior is not okay. It's negatively impacting your marriage. I mean, I wonder how many of you listening have ever in any area of your marriage said something to the effect of what my spouse doesn't know won't hurt them, or there's no way they're going to find out about this. Well, I'm telling you, just like I tell my kids, especially the teenager, the truth will always come out. Mm-hmm. It does. We've seen it happen. I mean, I can't tell you how many thousands of emails we've received for one extraordinary marriage over the six years we've been doing this show where people thought that their risky experimental behavior wasn't going to get found out. And it did. Yeah. And then it had a negative impact on their marriage because the experimental risky stuff doesn't ever enhance your marriage. Right. It, it doesn't, you know, the only time that happens is if you're planning a surprise, you know, fabulous surprise birthday party for your spouse, you know, cause you're like keeping everything hush hush. Uh, other than that, no, And I wanted to add one more thing that Nancy Gibbs didn't have in that quote. And I think it's just important to note because teenagers are, it's kind of that second phase of sort of the me focus, right? Like we see it a lot when kids are are two-ish, three-ish, and they start doing the mine, 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 mine. It's all Mm. about me. It's what I want. It's what I want to wear. It's what I want to eat. And then it happens again in teenage years, again, because they're like figuring out the world and their place in it. 
And what we're seeing is it's happening again in kind of this like 30, 40 somethings, right? Where it's all about me, right? What makes me happy in this marriage? What I want to do is going to come first. Mm -hmm. You can't tell me what to do, right? So it's, it's this meanness, which translates into, I don't care about you, husband or wife, because it's all about me. And I'm telling you, each one of these behaviors, guys, they are so destructive to your marriage. And and they chip away, each one of them. It's why we're bringing it up. Because when I found this quote, I was just like, oh my gosh. This is what we're seeing across the board as folks start to rescue, or as folks start to register for Rescue My Marriage today and for the More Love, Less Conflict webinar that we've got coming up. Th- these things are bubbling to the surface. Right. And they're going back to these types of behaviors, secrets, and meanness, me, you know, me focused, selfishness, and living under these disguises and doing the risky behavior. And, and part of the problem is, is that there isn't a value on the marriage relationship itself. Right. And, and the core values, and I know you guys have heard Tony and I talk about core values a lot over the last couple of years and just how important it is to know your core values. Because when you know your core values and when you start living your marriage according to the core values of your relationship, then things start to line up because you're like, well, it doesn't match up with one of the core values. You know, and, and this came up in a co- conversation I had with a coaching client this week. And I asked this one couple because we were having lots of stuff come up about secrets, savoring their secrets and lying and behavior. And so I asked them, I'm like, so is transparency a value that the two of you have in your relationship? And they said, well, yes. Right. I mean, I think, I think if I asked any of you, if transparency was a value on the surface, you would probably all say yes. Yeah. You want your spouse to be open. You want to be open, honest, truthful, we want to believe that we have that right in our marriage. So then I asked them a secondary question. I said, are you willing to be transparent in all areas of your relationship? Now I do my coaching calls with a video option, right? So we can see each other. It's like Skype. And so I could see them and they actually stopped. And the answer was no. And, and when I stopped, when I sat across the screen from them, my heart was breaking because a marriage that does not have transparency in all areas, when there are secrets in there, secrets are going to destroy the best of a marriage. The best marriage is out there. Mm-hmm. You're going to go through a valley. If, if you're holding secrets and you're not willing to take off those masks, and we've, di- we've discussed this a lot over the years, and truly, if you want to just take your marriage to the next level, it is. It's taking off those masks. You got to get rid of those secrets. And and maybe you you're you're sitting here going, Tony, I have so many secrets, or I have secrets that if I told my spouse, they're going to walk out on me. Is it worth living with that for the rest of your life? Mm, that's a good question. I think that's a question we need to ask ourselves and go: Is it worth living with this for the rest of my life? Because if it's not, then it's time to start opening up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Elise and I, it took time. Not everything that I held as secrets or she held as secrets came up all at one moment in one conversation. Thank God. I know. Because <laughs> honestly, it would be too much. 
But little by little, we began to take off those masks and trust each other again. We began to go, you know what? If I, if I take off this mask, you're going to love me more, not less for who I am. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we had to get in there with other people to work through that and wade through that. Because just us doing it face-to-face and one-on-one was really scary, was really tough because we didn't know the words to use or the action items to move forward. And so realize that moving forward, you got to make that decision. Is living with what you have hidden now Mm. worth it for the long haul? And that's the same thing with the masks. You know, is it worth, is it worth having those secrets? Is it worth having that isolation? Is it worth just having this destructive behavior? What is that doing to you? Because here's the thing. It it is having an impact on you, right? All of these destructive behaviors, you can be like, no, it's good. You're like, I'm having my affair. I'm so happy. Like, this is good. We got a message this week. I'm like, this was the week that like our inbox was flooded, you guys flooded this was uh, there was a comment on one of our posts for a wife who you know sought out an affair when she you know things were not good in her marriage the marriage is starting to get better she continues the affair her husband finds out right pain 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 you guys don't want to live a life where you're constantly wondering when is the shoe gonna drop right you know, so the risky behavior has to stop. The secrets have to stop. The isolation has to stop. And finally, I, I just want to be like really commonsensical here. But me, that me focus that a lot of us have, and I will tell you there are times when I am definitely selfish in my marriage. But me, Tony just raised his eyebrows and looked at me and is nodding oh, yeah. his head. Oh, but but <laughs> you know what, hon? I mean, we've been together for 20 years and... We've both been there. Oh yeah. And now we can we can that. we can we we can nod our head and say yeah. It, and it's it's not that I'm pointing my finger at you. No. It's not that I'm going yeah. It's only about you. It's like yeah. We've been there. And you know what? I, I'm expecting us to probably continue that at times mm-hmm. as we move forward. Just we're, we're human. We sometimes will only think about ourselves. I, I think for us to you know over the last you know, six to eight years, we've actually developed the skills to call each other out when that's happening in a loving way so that the behavior corrects a lot sooner. Because when the two of you became one in marriage, part of that agreement was to love and serve the other, right? To put your selfish desires behind the desires of your spouse. Not always in front of, not always exclusively yours, but to, to put your spouse ahead of yourself. And when the focus is only on what I want in marriage and not on my spouse, uh, my marriage is going to die. We've been down that road. The couple of times that we were on the brink of divorce, there was a lot of selfishness going on, mm-hmm. right? There was a lot of selfishness going on. There was a lot of me, 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 me. There was a lot of secrets. There was a lot of masks being worn. Right. And and we were coming to that logical conclusion of, well, this stinks. You know, let's consider ending this. I remember one of our 
one of the earlier days for me to put Elisa first in our marriage was when we started backpacking together. Oh, and, geez. and I was all <laughs> gun ho about backpacking and I just loved it. I just fell in love with it. And this is, you know, this is what we were two, three years married at the time. Yeah. And just so excited about it. And so we'd get out to a trailhead and here in Southern California and, you know, I would just be like, let's go, let's go. And We'd get on a trail. We knew where we were going, and I would just get out on front and just go and begin to look around after hiking for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like, where's Elisa? And, you know, she's just trotting along, just keeping her pace. I mean, that's that was her pace, but she would be behind me, mm-hmm. and I would just keep on pushing forward. And I remember on one trip we were doing this, Um, the Ray Lakes loop around Sequoia Mm -hmm. and Kings Canyon, just unbelievable loop. And the high point is you go over Glen Pass, which is 11,000 something feet. Um, It actually shares the Pacific Crest Trail, which I then did uh, a couple of years later um, when I hiked, when I through hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. But I remember on that trip, I remember busting out early and busting out fast, like we're gonna go do this, and it's and it's from out of Kings Canyon. It, it's a climb up to our first camp, and tough, and at some elevation. And the next day, we we're gonna go over um, Glen Pass, and I just remember pulling out ahead of Elisa, and starting to get going, and just going, you know what? If I don't change something, because that night we had had a pretty good argument. Mm-hmm. Just about, you know, my attitude. Pretty just good. It, it's yeah. all about, you know, me wanting to get to the camp and it's all about my happiness out on the trail and, and she's slow and this that, and the other. And I really took it to heart. And so that next day as we began to to get out on the hike on the trail and and start meandering up Glen Pass, I switched spots with her. And I began to hike behind her. And I just remember that sort of a shift happening in that moment where I was just like, this isn't about just me getting to the top first and before her and waiting for her. This is about me helping her achieve this goal that we decided to do together. And I remember even at times when she was tired, just putting my hand on her backpack and just giving her a little nudge, like nothing like pushing her, but just helping her along the way. And my goodness, I mean, that was year, I think, three. Mm-hmm. And to think that, wow, 17 years later, I can still see that shift. So where is it in your life? And this goes for both husband and wives. Where is it in your life that you can shift where you're standing mm-hmm. and be, you know, take your spouses back? Be be there for back, them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have their back no matter what's going to happen. It may be on a trail. It may be, you know, while you're playing some basketball together. It may be while you're, you guys are out on, you know, doing a motorcycle ride or surfing or whatever it may be. It may just be when you're at home. But what is that? And find that opportunity to serve your spouse in a way that they never would expect. Well, and that's such a good example because yeah, in the early years of us hiking and backpacking, you were totally a teenager. It was all about you. You're like, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to be the best. And then I'm like, yeah, this is fun. I'm glad we're 
building all this recreational intimacy and spending time together. Not, you know, and, and, and as we've been talking about all this, I love that he brought up that example because you've, you've probably noticed as we've been going through the show that a lot of these teenage behaviors that are shown in adults come down to two things. It's giving your spouse time and being vulnerable to them right? When, when you're actually giving them time, and I don't mean sitting in the same room and you're both are on your own iPads, right? That's not, that's not, that's not time. That's proximity, right? That, that, that's not closeness. That's just location, right? Can we be very clear on that? Just because you're occupying the same space, it's not the same thing. So you've got to build in time and vulnerability. You've got to make the time for your marriage. You can't be so busy that you lose touch with the person that you promised Mm-hmm. to you promised yourself to in your vows right and so as we've been talking about all of these behaviors and all of these things that you know impact your marriage and have a negative impact and, and we've been talking about building in more time and vulnerability and i know you probably heard me mention it earlier and you're like okay lisa you said that more love less conflict webinar what's that about because we've been talking about rescue my marriage today and and that's a big program that we have been sharing with you guys. But one of the things we realized is that there are a lot of couples out there that want to have more love and less conflict in their marriage because they haven't made the time or haven't allowed themselves to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so we heard you guys. Right. And we put together, you know, another offering for you. Right. A free webinar, which is happening tonight. So those of you that listen to the podcast when it comes out on Tuesdays, um, you need to go to morelovelessconflict.com and get signed up for this webinar because it is jam packed. In fact, we've been working on the slides and Tony looked at him the other day and he's like, holy cow, you're giving away the farm. And I said, well, practically. But the reason why is that we want you to have We want you to have better communication. We want you to know how to use open and honest communication for a stronger marriage. We want to give that to you because there's so much that can happen when you have that open and honest communication. It transforms your marriage. So tonight, April 5th, we're doing this live webinar. Go to morelovelessconflict.com. We're also going to have the link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Make time for it. Your marriage will thank you. This is a very adult thing to do to get on here and to make the time for it because you don't want to be a teenager anymore in your marriage. You don't want to act like a teenager. You want to be that mature adult responsible for yourself and responsible for your marriage. Yeah, guys. So go out this week, jump on the webinar with us. Like Elisa said, more love, less Think about this. Think about those teenage behaviors that you may, est- that you're still carrying with you. It's time to shed them. It's time to move forward. It's time to grow in your life. It's time to grow in your marriage. But take one of them, truly think about it and make a shift. Make a determination right here at the beginning of April that you're going to set some goals, that you're going to set some 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 journey, a destination that's going to make a change in your marriage, that's going to make a change in what's coming ahead for all of 2016 that will make this your best year ever. So jump on that webinar with us. We'd love to see you. More love, lessconflict.com. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week. And if you need us, catch us at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. We try to get to every email that we can. Sometimes it may take us a little while longer because we get a lot of them. But we love you guys. We do read them. Know that because you are part of our family. And we honestly are honored to have you part of it. Love you guys. Have a great week.